Greetings, listeners. This is Bob Mitch. We're back with Costume Station Zero on uh, part two of our inaugural episode. With me still are Ewan Anderson. Oh, hi, hi. Vicky Sebring. Howdy. And Scott Sebring. Yo. Uh, so, importance of having your reference material. Oh, that's... You've, you've got to do your research. The more research you can do, the better. Because the, the more you can get those little subtle details right that maybe even other people won't notice, the more it sells it to the subconscious. Mm. Whether they, they notice them or not, it just it's that one little tick that takes you over the top. Don't trust memory. No. No, no. no. <laughs> take your pictures to the fabric store. Repeat. Take your, take your pictures to the take fabric store. Take your swatches. If you, were, if you were shopping for wigs or hairstyles or whatever, take pictures. Do not trust your memory. You know, I mean... If you even try it, you will buy and you will buy again. Okay. And, there, and again there, and there, again. There was, um, before I had an iPad, uh, I would put together these little photo albums or whatever, and eventually they became stalker, stalker books, books because there were so many pictures of the same person just throughout <laughs> it. That it just, if someone stopped you in your car and there was a picture, you know, you just kind of go like, okay. <laughs> but, but those are great references yeah, but we, and resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's really nothing like hanging out in a tree outside their house for getting <laughs> pictures of them. Yeah, but no, literally the book just would look like you're just a stalker because you got all these pictures, all these references, and you know all these angles and so forth. But literally, I would just keep the things in my car because I might stop by the fabric store, I might be stopping by a hardware store or wherever, and uh, just always had the reference material handy because... As much as I think I'm going to remember what it looked like or the impression I got that it looked right, I got I got to have the paper with me. Yeah, you know? it's and, true. And uh, you know, like I said, now I have an iPad. Um, you know, Which, I even have some images even on my smartphone just in case. Oh yeah, <laughs> the iPad is not always the way to go. No. Case in point, when we went to get the. Uh, the wig. <laughs> oh, okay. This was okay. Well, all right. Yeah, she, she laughs at this, but yeah. Uh, when I went to go do the Peter Cushing, uh, where there's a particular wig place out over on Hollywood Boulevard, I really like going to. Uh, yeah, Holly, yeah, Hollywood, Hollywood wig, wig outfitters. outfitters. Hollywood wig outfitters. Always, I get the right words in there, just not always in the right order. And they're on Hollywood Boulevard yes. and easy to spot. There are a few doors yeah, down for but, the uh, you know, costume uh, costume toy shop. But the thing was is that I walked in there with my iPad and I had all these screen captures of Peter Cushing profile front all back and you know and they looked oh yeah we could do this great well we could style this and this and this and I didn't have a printout to leave with them uh, <laughs> and that was where I go oh yeah I'll come back you, tomorrow with some I, pictures I'll bring, I'll bring the pictures. <laughs> tomorrow right so yeah so in that particular case yeah if you need to leave something with somebody like the tailor or what have you yes oh if someone's going to make it for you make anything for you you supply them with as much information and detail and detail do not expect them to do your research for you no. right yeah and yeah. hope, and I guess on the other end, make sure it's consistent information. Yeah, and it, <laughs> hey, when possible, uh, obviously give them all of the fabrics. Then you know what you're getting, and you're not trusting. And this goes obviously more so for online tailoring uh, vendors, where you know a lot of people come from that point of view of it's like Amazon, click add to cart and buy, and I get this perfect item. Whereas no, you don't really know what it's going to look like till you get it 
in your hands right. in the light of day. If you want to really have that control, if you want to really make sure you're going to get what you're going to get or get as close to what you want, then you really need to supply all of the, the buttons and the linings and the fabrics. Mm -hmm. uh, unless it's something really basic like a black, you know, gabardine coat. Okay, it's black, whatever, fine. You can live with that. But under this light, it looks kind of purplish. Oh, no. <laughs> what color <laughs> of black is it? Is yeah, it yeah, off course. black? No, is it, but, but is it read as brown? <laughs> does it read, you know, you don't, you know, just say. How does it look like outside? No, no, no. But in this Daylight. picture. but in this fluorescence. But in this picture, you mean the one next to the campfire? Yeah, it looks kind of amber. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. So, Scott, do you want to talk about color? <laughs> if anything I ever, you know, kept with me from uh, my college days as a fine arts major was one, I don't like wine and cheese. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> and uh, color, color theory. And not just so much the theory, but just really developing an eye uh, for it's like people who have an eye for, uh, or sorry, have an eye, an eye for music. No, people who develop an ear for music, you know, uh, you know, there's people who are tone deaf, there's people who can, you know, have perfect pitch. Uh, you know what? I found over time a lot of people do not have an eye for color because they haven't trained themselves or they're just not as used to it, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times people will go with the color that they think it is. In other words, well, I think it's this kind of color. Well, what's it look like? You know, I don't know how else you could. I mean, we're trying to describe the shade of, you know, blue here or something. Mm -hmm. But the guy goes, well, I but I believe it to be like this kind of blue. Well, what's the picture tell you? Yeah, but I, I, I think it's like this. We'll put you the, if the color that you have in your hand and you put it next to the picture and they don't match, it's not the same color. But you can't always trust the, the picture. picture. Bingo. That's true. The color, that gets into the other part now. Once again, it's one of those things that, guess what I do for a living as well? I do photo retouches. I do color correction. That's, that's part of what I do as well. Mm -hmm. So color is part of my life in certain regards. So I've gotten used to being able to look at a photograph and know whether or not the, the picture's running a little warm, meaning running to more the, you know, the yellow kind of spectrum of the picture, or whether or not the picture's leaning a little bit towards the cool side, which is the blue, so there's kind of like a blue overcast to the picture. Um, you know, whether or not the picture is, you know, out in daylight and it's a little in in the and the light's a little more blown out. So something that might typically be a Deeper beige may look like a light, light beige under that particular light. Beige. Yeah, beige. Is, how does it photograph? Well, and also, well, the other thing is that it's on, it's on TV. It's being filmed under kind of film lights, which is that's bathed in light. Mm -hmm. So it's going to look a bit different in person. Oh yeah. Um, so you have to take guess what? All those things into consideration when you're looking for your color. Um, as, as Bob would tell you that when he shows me a picture, you know, of a, of a particular, you know, color, I really do try to judge, is it a balanced picture? Is it, uh, you know, is it a good neutral kind of lighting, you know, type of situation? And uh, I think one of the other key things was for us, and I'm, I'm kind of going on, uh, was one of the doctor, uh, one of Tom Baker's uh, jackets. We were looking at the shade of the coat because the coat would vary whether or not it had more of a, uh, you know, more of a maroon kind of tone to it or whatever. But the one thing we did know was the color of the scarf. Yeah. By this point, we had really great reference material of what the color of the scarf was. So if I had a picture where the color of the scarf was really accurate as far as how light, how dark, how warm, how cool, 
um, if the scarf was accurate, then I knew that the coat would be accurate, and that helped us narrow down, you know, the color read. Mm-hmm. on it and if and if we go well you know it looks kind of really really dark well the scarf's looking kind of dark in this picture there you go you know well or hey it's looking kind of light in this picture well the scarf's looking a little light in this <laughs> picture so uh, in those particular cases I actually took the pictures went into Photoshop and I would actually color correct the picture to where it would match the scarf and I would adjust the brightness to where it matched the scarf and everything else kind of you know, followed suit in those cases. And you started to see the consistency. You started to see the consistency of the coat. Right. And, uh, you know, but once again, you know, um, the biggest thing I can really just say is like, you really do have to kind of train your eye to be able to, if you're holding a swatch of color and you're holding up to, if we say it's an accurate uh, picture, you know, you, you really have to kind of, start learning how to say, is that a deep enough aqua green? Mm-hmm. Is that a dark enough aqua green? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I'll, I'll find nine times out of 10, I'll show people a picture, hold a swatch right up to it of a slightly different color, and they'll still think, oh, but that's what they believe it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, true. More, more often than not. And well, uh, one of your prime examples of that are the Star Trek tunics. Oh yeah. Well, that's a, that's a, that's even a completely different kind of subject where it just in regards of well, what were they in reality? Okay, the gold tunics from the classic Star Trek series oh, like were more avocado green. Kind of have a bit of an avocado green, but, but from people expect them to be gold from the way they were lit. The way they were lit the and kind of the Technicolor, you know, uh, processing. Mm-hmm. So that by the time we saw them on screen, they had more of a golden color. Now, when I would do Captain Kirk. I'd walk out there with more of the golden color. It's not because I didn't know <laughs> about the avocado greenish kind of tune, you know, kind of color. And purists and so forth out there would be kind of going like, ah, <laughs> you know, that's not exactly how they really did it on the show. Okay. But the general public, that's what they expect to well, say. Well, but for me, is that. Look, my Mego I had back in 1975 <laughs> was gold. And I would sit there and go, well, I'm sorry, I'm wearing Mego gold. That was what I would tell them. I'm wearing my Mego gold. That's what I'm doing now. I'm doing the Mego Captain Kirk with my blue plastic phaser. <laughs> you know, you know, with Mego stamped on the back of my neck here. <laughs> and this is where you simply get down to also preference. It was just a personal kind of little bit of a preference, mm-hmm. and, and that was also a thing. I kind of wanted to. I, I wanted at that particular point to do the read of what how I wanted, how I remembered the character. Once mm-hmm. again, don't trust your memory, right? right? But it's like, I wanted to present how someone kind of perceived it to be as maybe rather than what it actually was. Sure. Um, you know, uh, I, got, I got to go here again, but going back to Batman, I have a very, very shiny Batman belt buckle made by a very good friend. I'll plug him, Billy Lloyd. No, he doesn't make him anymore, folks. You, you lucked out. But he did a stellar, beautiful beautiful utility belt with this wonderful almost you know actually very mirror finish belt buckle looks great guess what it looks some bad fans will hate me looks better than what they made on the show because they were making a prop that just needed to work for for tv wooden boxes right little painted wooden boxes and some cases painted little leather pouches and so forth you know and uh but this thing when you wear it in public it just sings it's just got this thing, 
And I've often thought, you know, well, maybe I should get for the more studio-accurate, dull finish, you know, uh, type of buckle type thing. And, you know, and I remember this last Comic-Con, I was walking through as Batman, and there was a girl about maybe eight or nine. She goes, Batman, I like your shiny buckle. Bingo. <laughs> it's how people imagine if they saw Batman in person. Yeah. Well, he would have a belt that looks like this, not painted wooded boxes. Mm -hmm. And you know, and a and a belt buckle looks like it was done with a Dremel, <laughs> which was kind of how <laughs> some of those hey, old belt buckles look. Don't, don't knock those Dremels. Yeah, something I find a lot with like working on Star Wars props and things. Mm -hmm. Like the the more you dig into like how the original prop looked, mm -hmm. the crappier it usually is. Yeah. And you have that weird like, do I make mine all like messed up and ruined? Or, do you do the ideal or yeah, or what what you remember seeing in your yeah. mind's eye, like. Or what want it to be if it were real right right you know mm -hmm. perception versus reality you know um which just comes down to simply making a choice you know going oh, with your preference yeah absolutely yeah. Mm -hmm. you know I, th I think there was a guy who walked up to us when we were doing the star trek crew and he goes you know you guys don't really quite look like star trek you know from the tv series you look more like the filmation cartoon series from the 70s i said thank you very much that's exactly what we were trying to do <laughs> <laughs> you probably made this con because <laughs> that was his Star Trek. That was right his here. Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> right here. We were represented. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I do find it interesting to to always keep that in mind when looking at color. That you just mentioned all these little <sighs> trapdoor pitfalls of okay, uh, what was the exposure? Uh, has it been color corrected? Uh, uh, under what light at the time of day or studio light was it taken under? Oh, how was my printer today low on magenta when I printed this out? You know, yeah. what's the monitor setting on even your iPod? I'll or, take sorry, you to the, the other extreme. Uh -huh. You're actually looking at a screen-worn item in front of you that's 40 years old. And faded. And faded. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we don't even have to go for it. We'll just go 20 years old and... Fabrics are going to fade. Fabrics are going to shift. How many times has it been washed? Mm. How many times is it? How many times has that character worn it and rolled down a dirty hill? <laughs> Hopefully, though, just a quick little tip: if you folks out there are ever in those particular shoes. Hopefully you get to get to take a look at one of the inside seams. One of the things that doesn't get is exposed to the washing and the elements as much. Right. And chances are, if you get to an inside seam, flipping inside out, hopefully that's retained the color more than anything else. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's those the, the insides. You mm -hmm. know, get a little better preserved. Uh, satins, you're you're you're, you're kind of hosed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But this is why it is it is very important to, uh, if you're never sure, to certainly, com not only compare to photos, but always get your swatches, whether you can get it in person or you have to do mail order. Many mm -hmm. places will do that. Right. Do direct comparison. And when in doubt, uh, don't just trust your, your personal indoor lighting, uh, but take it outside, check mm -hmm. it in sunlight. And as you and I have often done, take photos of it because these costumes will generally live on to other people in a photo or two-dimensional format. Mm -hmm. So you, how does it photograph? Yeah, yeah, under flash there's, and not there's, flash. There's one thing with the way it looks in person, and but then there's another thing with the way it looks on film or digital or photo right. or whatever. Because the what person's going to remember is you may have looked great in person, but if it doesn't photograph correctly, mm -hmm. if the color shifts or whatever, that's what the world's going to see. That's what's going on the web. As a matter of fact, <laughs> yeah. fact, I remember very. Much, I, I remember this one. We were working um, uh, McCoy's sweater. 
And we actually oh, had, yeah. and we actually had a the seventh uh, Doctor McCoy, by the way. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, not, not Doctor McCoy's sweater <laughs> that he casually walked around on. It's covered in question marks, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I'm a doctor, not a doctor. <laughs> not, not, not another kind of doctor. Not a time lord. <laughs> that's that's what I meant. But anyway, um, maybe that was a Sonic. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Are you positing that Doctor McCoy has been a Time Lord the entire time? Don't know. Let's you know, Doctor McCoy. Never see him. I'm sorry. Time my pop culture room. reference meter is just jumping. <laughs> off the yeah, but uh, fan fiction is going crazy. Yeah, yeah, right here. But anyway, we damn it, Jim, I'm still not ginger. <laughs> <laughs> but we were, uh, we were actually trying to work on a uh, on a run for the. Uh, I think it was one of the te- it was one of the test ones that we had, and uh, the aqua, yeah, the the, 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 the zigzag, the zigzag turquoise uh, zigzag on there, and I remember, you know, of course you were also having to deal with uh, dye batches for yarn, what they have available, that sort of thing. Yeah. But when we initially looked at it, the uh, turquoise was probably a little bit more of how one imagined the turquoise to look on TV by itself. Mm-hmm. Not when it was done into an entire sweater. Anyway, we looked at it and we go, well, that's kind of how I think people are going to think. I don't think people are going to want to go darker on that turquoise. You know, I think people think of it being like this shade. Yeah, but it kind of disappears into the rest of these other colors. We took a picture of it and that and those zigzags disappeared. Yeah, They just would wash right into everything else. They didn't have that contrast about them. Um, the power of the value of the color. The value of the color, right. Yeah. You know, lightness to darkness. I mean, the, the overall color hue, mm-hmm. you know, uh, was was good, but we had to go we had to go darker. But I do remember the initial we go, but that's how I think it is. Yeah. Take a picture of it, it washed right out and said, dude, maybe right in front of you think that's how it is, but all you need is one guy to get his picture taken and his zigzags go away and everybody goes, that's not right. Delayed the run for four months. I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> but it was worth it in the end to replace it and get it better. And and this is why it's also important to remember, uh, okay, sure, you might have nailed the one color, but then you have to bear in mind how to read with the other colors around they, it. They, 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 yeah. They, yeah. They, they all affect each other, you know, in contrast and, and overall read. Mm-hmm. Um you know, that, and it's always a good idea to get more than just your own set of eyes. If you mm-hmm. can get a friend, a neighbor, a total stranger, to look at your pictures and your swatches and put their opinion in, because for all you know, you might be slightly colorblind. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, yeah, you, you never know. You know, we're talking about like, you know walking around with swatches and color things. Uh, you know, I mean, I have to admit, I don't own a Pantone book. Okay. I wish we did. I wish I did, but I don't own a Pantone book. And then again, even if I owned a Pantone book, I wouldn't send them. I wouldn't send anybody who's like making my suit. Okay, here's my Pantone, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. uh, cart, you know, ripping out of here or whatever to send. Wouldn't you love to have it at cons though, and just like go up somebody's costume, put it next to <laughs> you? Oh like, no, no, no. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> never mind. Yeah, I, I, I've always said if anybody ever walked up to me with a Pantone book and held it against my, you know. The, the fabric one I'm figuring one that person just doesn't have a happy life <laughs> you know they have no joy you know in, in life unless that joy is just going that's not quite spot on but I'm just saying it's one of the one of the tricks of the trade that that I know Bob 
you know, I think I was telling Bob about this years ago, and then he just ran with it like religiously. Is hit a paint store and take like paint samples. Oh, of yeah. Cards. Little paint cards. Little, little oh, paint cards, and idea. you get all kind because you get them in different values. Yeah. You get them from light to dark, and um, and you know the funny thing is, even amongst there, you're still not going to find the color, but it really gets you uh, close. Close. Yeah. So eventually, I mean, and that's kind of like where we start, really. I think a lot mm -hmm. of times we'll have the photos. You know, lined up before we're even ordering swatches or something like that, or going to the fabric stores, and um, and then busting out the cards and going, well, what card here is a really good, you know, area, and we'll narrow it down to which, uh, you know, uh, paint chip card, mm -hmm. um, you know, has a pretty good read to it. So we got a, a good, nice swatch of color to kind of look at. That when you do go to the fabric stores, you're like, okay, these guys are like in this family. And you got your photos, but you still got this like block of color to go with. Yeah. And uh, those are just, those are really handy uh, to, to use. And the best of all, they're free. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I wholeheartedly recommend. Yeah. When Bob went for beige, <laughs> loft white in the paint store. <laughs> and that was for the fourth Dr. Co, right? Okay, look, when we get to a fourth and fifth Dr. podcast, fifth Dr. really, uh, we can go into the mighty beige hunt of yeah. uh, 2009. But uh, in the meantime, let's move on to... Sure. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, it's sort of a two-pronged question, uh, deciding when to make your items versus when to source an item, and if you're making an item, how to pursue, say, whether you're going to make it, you'll outsource it, or find the patterns to make it. Uh, I think the first question, is it a commercially available item? Yeah. Right. Like, uh, so much of the recent Doctor Who stuff, especially if you're doing a companion, mm -hmm. like, as soon as those first filming pictures hit the air, go on the Topshop website. <laughs> <laughs> Chances are you're going to find it there. Bob went there looking for a rose t-shirt. Yeah. 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 I think that's the first thing. Like if it is commercially available, like, you know, try and try and buy it. If not, or if it's sold out, or if you're looking for, um, you know, something else, then, then that's when you have to kind of start like, okay, is there a commercial pattern that will fit this? Is this something I could feasibly make knowing my own skill set? Let's right. say knowing your skill set. I mean, yeah. If you, can, you, you can don't be... have a sewing machine, don't expect to hand sew a yeah. suit. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's the funny thing is it's is you could take yourself into the challenge of the skill set, obviously. But there is that kind of I look into the way of factor of expense to hassle with it. Yes, <laughs> and it's a very important thing that a lot of people yes. don't bring into it you know is is you know if somebody's got it and it's within my price range of where i'm kind of going like is it worth it for me to hassle with it to yeah. not even get close to that mm -hmm. or just get it and you know it's done it's yeah. done it looks nice i'm happy i get and my it, evenings back for this exactly. entire month <laughs> no now i get to spend more time on this other thing <laughs> i mean i mean okay i did lone ranger this year clayton moore classic lone ranger and the key thing for me was finding a gun belt that had all the tooling and all the you know stud work done on it and somebody made it made one i thought was very affordable that was like I felt like really ninety percent. Hey, makes me a static close enough, and I don't have to sit there and try to figure out how to tool my own gun belt and sew through leather. <laughs> you know, hole punching one at a time or something. This was a case like, wow, okay, great, that's out of the way. Now I can concentrate on this mask. They will probably just. 
take a little bit of time. Take me <laughs> four or five weekends in a face cast, and you know, <laughs> you know Mach uh -huh. five attempt again. You know, uh -huh. you know, I was just making a mask. <laughs> As you do, as you do, as you do. Uh, yeah, no, I, I would, I would completely agree with that. I, I think it's, uh, it, it just exactly comes down to, as always, time uh, and money, and yeah. and uh, quality slash accuracy, because you can never have all three. Um, and uh, also knowing your skill set, as you said, is very important. And also your tools. What do you have on hand to mm -hmm. work on these things? Uh, you know, when I worked on the Morbius creature with Paul. I was not only very, very happy to be working with someone who clearly had experience, but he had all the tools. And yes. that was very important. That was that was two halves of the battle, which actually almost makes the whole battle. But, uh, <laughs> which part is knowing? Which part I think was the third knowing? half was my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> the third half was knowing. The third half was the plastic domes. Uh, but no, I, I, I know that, uh, you know, there, I like being hands-on and, and making stuff when I can and learning stuff. On the other hand, if I don't have the experience, I don't have the tools i know better than to try it myself and to you know go to somebody who's far more knowledgeable uh and say hey here help me with this or here is here is some money or a favor i can do for you again then you do this and things come together and you piece it out i have i have no problem supporting great craftsmen or uh -huh. crafts ladies or a craft person or what have you or you know robots or yeah crafts <laughs> that's exactly what i was thinking you know craft robots yes craft robots you know, but I analyze this to be the perfect shade of blue. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh man, are they on the High Council of Tweed? Yeah, but I guess technically a craft robot would be a loom. Hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, but right. it, but what I'm just saying is is that um, I have no problem supporting that if I can afford that. And actually, sometimes that may dictate whether I'm going. You know what? This person makes such a happening one of these. I might hold off on a character. Until I can actually afford that, because it's worth it to me oh, what, sure. of what mm. they're doing. Sure. And then there's other crafts people out there where I'm kind of like, you know, they're making that, but I don't know if I'll be happy with that. Yeah. Personally, mm -hmm. you know, everybody else, you run with it, have fun with it, but for me, I don't know if I would be happy with that necessarily. You know, and so thank goodness for me, uh, I married somebody who can sew, or dun, at least will put dun. up with, you know, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. At the same time, though, I'm willing to take all the abuse of, you know, being pinned and, you know, <laughs> nice. and yelled at at two in the morning. Get in here for your fitting. <laughs> we have to drive to Comic Con in four hours. <laughs> Direct quote this week, or not? The, I mean, this year, not this week. <laughs> Feels yeah. like it. Um, no, direct quote from Comic Con this year was uh, being pinned for a fitted uh, Lone Ranger outfit. Don't you bleed. <laughs> it's, don't you dare bleed on this <laughs> I don't care if I stick you you better not bleed yeah. <laughs> is that all on the same I'm line I'm doing of, my best <laughs> is that all on the same line of willing yourself not to sweat while in tights very much so I'm sure that's a category in there as well <laughs> willing yourself not to do a lot of bodily while in tights <laughs> <laughs> well, not just in tights, just in costume, actually. <laughs> a lot of costumes, I don't care what costume you're wearing, they just don't lend themselves to going, okay, i got to go to the bathroom now. <laughs> you know, you know I'm just going to hang this Cyberman helmet right here on this hook. <laughs> the giant adipose just will not fit in a normal stall. No. <laughs> no, Probably no. not even in the handicap stall. <laughs> it's got to weigh that side. Yeah. 
Uh, that leads me to uh, hidden tips of cosplay when at a convention. Uh, the uh, you know things like bathroom uh, stuff and food and water and where do you change and the importance of a good air conditioning vent. Uh, what would you say is uh, are good tips to have that you have discovered in your costumes? Breathability, definitely. Like I mean, there's. Uh, um when you're looking at fabrics for for what you're going to make your costume out of, like, is it going to breathe? Because if you're going to be at San Diego in July, like, mm -hmm. you're gonna you're 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 gonna want to spend an extra like five to ten dollars on lining fabric that breathes and isn't just going to like stick to you like cling film. Mm -hmm. um, or strategize, meaning. Gee, if I could get a hotel right next to the con, but you know, if you're going to be on the shuttle, if you're going to be standing yeah. outside, you know, uh, that that's a whole other factor. And uh, if you're if you're in an outfit that is difficult to get in and out of on your own without assistance, do not down a forty ounce big gulp before you hit the floor. <laughs> yeah, because it can be very difficult in a public restroom to maneuver in and out of something. <laughs> Sorry, honey, I can't go in there with you. <laughs> you know? yeah, um, good to have a helper nearby of yeah, the same sex. Yes. It really yeah. depends what costume you're in. I mean, you know, like yeah. nobody knows us under that Cyberman costume. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just helping out. <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> oh my God. Well, there is enough room for three or four people in the adipose. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I can't see out of this thing anyway. <laughs> You know, um, but uh, but no, I mean, I, I think the funniest thing I, I remember was when Bob actually got to go out to uh, to England for a Who convention. Great time. And the funniest thing is he was finally wearing clothes that actually fit the environment he was in. <laughs> He's like, you know, he's not dressed in you know in the layers. Yeah, in, you know, in July, July in San Diego. It's true. I remember noticing when I was running around outside in England in my Tom Baker, and I thought, I'm, I'm not sweating to death in this thing. This is great. <laughs> Versus when I first wore it to uh, Comic Con, uh, you know, again San Diego, July, and a nice friend of mine who uh, was a part of the brown coats actually said, "Wow, I love your costume. That's great." She's looking at my poor face as I'm sopping with sweat and I'm constantly mopping my forehead, and she's like, "Do you normally costume in the?" winter or something <laughs> California yeah you know, we, we, it's yeah it's it's not like London no it's <laughs> it's not but, but or yet, Wales or Wales but yet we're such fans we want to be accurate no it's got to be real tweed but yeah no I, I was gonna say conversely to having your big gulp uh, Vicky that yeah you don't want to chug something like that down but on the other hand if you're in a very hot costume if you're you need to you need to make sure that you do hydrate at least a little you yes. just don't want to have to be dealing with having to run to the bathroom every 15 minutes mm -hmm. especially if you're in a difficult costume yeah. and plus if you are on a convention floor and you are in a costume especially if it's a really cool costume that people like and recognize you're not going to be able to get to a bathroom fast yeah. without really being rude to some people because when you're in normally when you're in a costume it's walk five steps and stop for a photo for 10 minutes, walk five steps and stop for a photo for 10 minutes. So you may be 20 feet away from the restroom, but it could take you a half hour to get there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I think, like I said, it's, it's one of those where you, you strategize beforehand, uh, you know, like you eat something, but you know what? Maybe eat a little lighter. Things like, uh, like we have some folks that, you know, might be within our costume party that have like blood sugar 
you know, issues and stuff. So we always make sure, like, you know, what, they bring like little, you know, uh, protein bars or like little little snacks. Oh, those mini Cliff bars are a lifesaver. They really are. Oh, like, yeah. Sonic screwdriver, psychic paper, Cliff bars, good to go. <laughs> yeah, Cliff bars. Yeah, well, that's one thing about some of the doctors is, you know, you guys got pockets. Oh, oh yeah. I'm so jealous. Yeah. I wish I could put a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in one of my utility belts. <laughs> <laughs> but there really isn't any place, there's, you know. <laughs> there's no pockets on that Wonder Woman outfit, and there's no place to put any. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The best I can do is shove things in my boots. They're very warm costumes, but boy, being a doctor with pockets. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Nice yeah. trade-off. Oh, look at this. Look at, look, at, look at all these props I have with yeah, me. <laughs> you can the put best. your con badge here. You can yeah. put your phone here. Yep. You got your... Room key. Honest to God, the very yeah. best accessory a person who is costuming or cosplaying can have is a Sherpa. <laughs> Do you want to explain that for the uninitiated? That is a friend who is willing to follow you around, who is not costuming, who will carry your stuff, your wallet, your key card, your keys, your food, your water, a camera. Camera's your, important. Your con your badges. Photos, your con yeah. badges so that they're not in every photo big and bold spoiling your, your look of your, your costume yeah. that you labored and sweated over. Your, your snack bars or whatever. Your snack bars or whatever. If you can wrangle yourself a Sherpa. Oh, yeah. just That, that friend that just you know, wants to hang and you come are out and the support. happiest person on the convention floor in which a costume. Is, yeah, which was kind of funny was that uh, this, this last uh, Comic-Con, we, we didn't happen to have one with us. Uh, you know, a friend that was able to kind of, you know, fill in for that sort of thing. And I found myself, or you found yourself, that we kind of trade off when we were in costume. I actually sometimes wouldn't be in costume, and I'd be carrying the camera and carrying stuff. And sometimes Vicky wouldn't be in costume, and she'd be carrying around and doing the stuff. Because we know the value of, like, it just, it helps, you know, do the costuming thing. That said, if Costuming you, can be hard work. If you cannot, if you do not have a Sherpa, and you are not blessed with copious pockets, and you do wish to carry your camera... You need to learn how to do the behind-the-camera hide, the behind-the-back camera hide, where you <laughs> keep it in one hand and either put it behind your back or the persons you're posing with back yeah. or your friend's back so that it's not in the shot. Yeah, yes. yeah. And it's it's always, like, uh, tough kind of towards the end of the day at Comic-Con where you have your bag of shopping and somebody's like, oh, can I take a picture? And you're like, well, let me just put this down so I'm not like the doctor and his shopping bag. <laughs> but that being said, be careful. Do not remove your eyes from your possessions if you set them down for a that's photo. another chapter somewhere <laughs> another chapter but all i'll say is yes don't drop your bag and don't take your eyes off it mm -hmm. yes. yes we'll expand on the, that there later. are there are evil people out there who will steal from even well, superman yeah. I, well you know I'll, I'll even kind of get into this you need the lasso of truth yeah yes uh, i was about to say it's not a rule there are no rules it's not a guideline but it's a little advice just just for me just my own personal enjoyment if you're going to go in costume commit that the costuming thing is probably what you're going to be doing <laughs> <laughs> you know uh you know walking around with the con bag and you know and doing all your shopping and and so forth if you got a really happening costume you're not going to be doing a whole lot of conversing with you know no. with, with uh yeah it's uh, difficult yeah, yeah. Not, not a whole lot of haggling. They're you know, not times mutually or... exclusive, uh, exclusive, but it is it is difficult. That's yeah. kind of what takes a costume from like you are Batman to you are a guy dressed as Batman at Comic Con. Bingo. Doing Selling a bunch it. of shopping. Bingo. Selling. You know, it. takes yeah, you out of the exactly. character. Whether or not you uh, are in character or out of character, uh, wearing you know your Comic Con bag, you know, walking across the floor. I remember. Uh, 
one year I was Captain Kirk, and what happened was is that I think everybody else that was like in the landing party kind of team, many of you had to uh, change for like a Doctor Who meetup mm -hmm. later on. Yeah, and uh, I wasn't I wasn't uh, dressing up for that, so I was still Kirk, and I had still had a little bit of some shopping. Maybe I could just do for the end of the day before everybody did their little meetup, you know, because everybody's going to be off at the room changing and all that. But I felt like I just didn't feel like walking around as Kirk by myself all that much. And I like, thought about wanting to do some shopping. And I said, well, how could I do this? I said, here, hand me the camera, hand me my con batch. And I hanged them both over my neck with this big 35 millimeter camera with a telephoto lens on it, you know, kind of thing. And I walked around like total tourist, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and nobody bothered me. Nobody, you know, I mean, that could be the flip side of it. <laughs> you know, nobody, <laughs> you know. They're, it's they're, essentially a costume disguise. You know? <laughs> yes. But then there's there's also the the flip side where um, the the infamous we walked out of Comic Con with a bridge from the Enterprise one year, and <laughs> slightly more conspicuous. Well, <laughs> you know, it was a it was a display item. Uh, it was large, and the guy didn't want to pack it up, so he let so you could have it. So we're it like, was we'll take it. It was a backdrop. It was a backdrop. For, the, backdrop the, for a the, the Star Trek Enterprise bridge on huge pieces of foam core, like eight feet long. I was dressed wide. as the Billy Zane you Phantom were from as 1996. The Billy Zane Phantom. I was dressed in my Wonder Woman, and we had our friend Tony who was dressed as the Crow, and we had our Sherpa camera boy that year. Ben uh, was also helping, and all four of us are trying to cart this out of Comic Con. If the convention's already closed. Uh, I just happen to walk by and go, hey, who's going to have to cart that thing home? And the guy goes, you if you want it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but since the, since the convention's closed, we managed to be able to take it out the back through the loading docks of the convention center. It was convenient to have Wonder Woman uh, somewhat lead the way until everybody in the loading dock All the wanted guys to take working in the loading docks <laughs> wanted their picture with Wonder Woman. So it's like, they're trying to, uh, you know, I'm holding up one end of the backdrop. They're like, can I get a picture with Wonder Woman? I'm like, Okay, I'll be back in a moment, guys. Hang here. <laughs> you know, and I'm I'm having to stop and take photos and stuff. I'm not really helping Carrie, and it's like go on without me as best you can. I'll pick up my corner on the way. Don't drag it too hard. <laughs> you know, as you do, as you do. as you do. But it was it was that way. You know, it it it's just one of those things. Yeah. It can be hard sometimes to carry items when you're in costume because people stop you and they want. Yeah. to interact with you. Yeah. yeah, I've been in the middle of having a shouting match with my wife on the con floor, and people were like, hey, can we get a picture with you too? We're like, oh, uh, yes, smile. And anyway. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you and your wife never shout. Never. never. <laughs> Snapping into character for the fans. I love it. That's that's sacrificing. Yeah. Uh, but there is an importance to having the Sherpa, the, hey, call him the Sherpa, uh, to uh, have that camera and it's very important and if they can't to have your own camera on hand because you can never just rely on think thinking oh Facebook Flickr I'll find it later and you won't I mean you might find a few but you'll never find what all those different cameras you think oh I got like 80 different photos taken People of took me a zillion photos or a zillion photos be, I'll, I'll come across them online you you really may not or if you do you'll just get it the tiniest fraction yeah maybe this yeah. is like a nice uh, marketing ploy for like uh, MTV or Sony or one of the studios or something like that hireable sharpas there you Comic go yeah oh, there's just like a bunch of them outside like Home Depot you know you like, <laughs> give one a hundred bucks to like 
yeah. hang out just with you for the day. Like the pedal car guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Like, yeah, 100 yeah. bucks, eight hours. <laughs> be a special core of volunteers at Comic-Con. Yeah, you need, to, you need to go and like tell four friends it's about a- how amazing the new Total Recall movie is, but they'll have like a guy <laughs> who follows you around all day from Sony. And maybe he'll actually wear the Total Recall shirt. Yeah, he, t- yeah. he so takes the pictures. Yeah. Like, they all come with like a watermark. Yeah. Why is nobody doing this yet? <sighs> it's uh, There you go, wide open. Sure preserve us. Like um, and in addition to cooling off with water, I also have to stress after wearing a Tom Baker costume with the scarf, as you have as well, Scott, mm-hmm. uh, and a Cyberman costume, which is basically a scuba suit with a helmet. Um, yeah, loads of fun people. Uh, it is very, very important to find your uh, air conditioning vents, map where they are, <laughs> and when you are too uh, sweated out, you just go find them and just pause underneath. And people think you're just, you know, like posing. No, you're taking a moment to let the AC if get through the vents. you can find a good cold draft, make a note of where that is. Yes. Because if you are in one of those costumes that gets very warm, you will want to come back. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a lifesaver. As I say, find the coolest spot at the con. And it's not necessarily where the celebs are, but it's... Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Every year there are certain parts of Comic-Con that we make a point to walk very slowly through. <laughs> yeah. We'll just pause right here. I just remember pausing under one, and that's when the girl hugged me and popped half my tubes off. But, uh, <laughs> it's know. a good hug. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, the funny thing is her excuse afterwards were, well, the Cybermen were that fragile no wonder the doctor kept defeating him (laughs) she didn't realize hugging the cyberman would be his death Uh, yeah Yeah, that's another one of those things when you're trying on your costume at home to see if anything needs to be adjusted you might want to have somebody give you a hug a hug test (laughs) i guess that foreshadowed closing time with her they killed the cyberman with love exactly exactly i know the doctor just needs to to hug hug their characters yeah Um, and in the case of kids, sometimes they will bodily throw themselves at you for a <laughs> Or extend their bat wings into your crotch. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that one. Oh, my God. Never yes. happened to me. Robin has a story to tell. <laughs> yes, Robin would have a story. Well, we should hold that for when we get yeah. Robin to talk yes. about that. Yes. Uh, promise that story will be coming. Uh, so let's, let's talk about something often forgot with costumes. You spend all this time on your coat, your tweed jacket, your bat tights, your cowl, your Wonder Woman lasso. But what about wigs and makeup? That can really help take your, your costume to the next level. Yeah. You know, I, if if you're doing, like, if you're doing, you know, uh, the doctor, especially if you're doing, like, one heart note, okay, a little makeup for aging, you know, can really help sell it. A great wig can help sell it. And wigs can be a cosplay time saver, especially if you're a girl. Because mm-hmm. you think about all the time it takes to just do your hair regularly. If you're trying to do somebody else's hairstyle, especially if it's Wonder Woman where she's got all this big, great hair, and especially if you want to do a costume change anywhere in the way, a wig makes life so much easier. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I, the thing that, uh, you know, like, like I said, I mean, there's different variable levels of like doing the costuming. Uh, but I am amazed sometimes, just in regards, I'll see a costume and I'll go, boy, this person went to the nth degree on that coat and they're kicking on that shirt and wow, look at those shoes. Why didn't they do something about their hair? Yeah, you know, you see a lot of it and it's really, really I'm going to go here, especially for quite a few of the companion, female companions out there where they, you know, 
they've got the right skirt or they've got the right and coat. They spent a lot of and time. They, and they spent a lot of time, and you know they did their homework, they did their research, and they bought the twelve dollar wig. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what I'm yeah. getting at. Is you know, is is it's kind of like you, you, you did it all out here. Do the extra step. Go ahead. It'll it'll sell it even that much more. Um, it you know, the, I. I don't know how else I can elaborate that any further. It's just that I've seen so many people go so far out on their costumes, and to me, the makeup, wigs, sideburns, mustaches, all the above, to me, is part of that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, it's that's, it's that's not like an afterthought. You can just leave it and be like, oh, I'm kind of just you know, think I have hair, so. Right. <laughs> I, I, unlike me. <laughs> well, I got two over here. But no, it, it's it's um, one of those kind of things that uh, I just feel like it just takes it that little extra bit of trying to sell the character. I got to go back again to a Batman thing. Uh, I remember seeing a fellow in a great Cesar Romero Costume. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the the the, the tails yeah. and the vest and the slacks, and did the Halloween budget got it over at uh, Costco kind of makeup kit mm -hmm. that just kind of went oh. slap slap slap. You know, some green hairspray. Mm. You know, didn't even quite style it, and and you could just tell like they didn't didn't even practice like ever putting lipstick on in their life. <laughs> they probably wound up looking more like Heath Ledger than uh, Cesar Romero. Oh, Heath even looked like he took some beauty tips. You know? <laughs> I mean, it just looks like looks like a five-year-old with a Crayola. You know? <laughs> hey, I feel pretty. <laughs> you know? oh, um, but I'm just saying, I saw that and I was just going, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to go... It's, <laughs> yeah. You know, I was yeah. like, I was going like, man, the Joker, cool. <sighs> you it, know, it's 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 almost disappointing when you see somebody. Like, uh, wow, you've like gone to so much effort with everything you've you just, done. You've got the screen accurate jacket and the pants and everything, and like, why not just go like? I mean, that one step more. The, yeah, especially when a character has like very distinctive hair. And instead of the twelve dollar wig that barely you know does the hairline, okay, maybe go. $20 so we just get a little more hair yeah. <laughs> or, or, or whatever you know it's you know or at least there, comb there the wig of, <laughs> there are a lot of wig options out there you don't yeah. have to spend I mean yes you can if you want to spend thousands of dollars on a human hair wig that's just unbelievable lace fronts or something like that yeah but there but... there are some really nice cheaper nicer wigs out there that aren't necessarily the the cheapest i bought it at the halloween store for ten dollars in a bag there are some nicer still inexpensive wigs out there that are available online if you if you do some searching and the other neat thing about some wigs is that they can be repurposed oh totally. <laughs> yeah totally yeah but uh, i just always think you know it's like i said if it comes to casting hey if you got the hair you know that that reacts and can be styled like the character that you do do it. Do it. I hate you. <laughs> you know, I'm just looking at you and <laughs> or Kevin oh, Copa. Uh, Ke uh, Kevin Copa. Oh, yeah. You know, flip that hair. Flip yeah. that oh, hair. like I said, Kevin Copa, man. I, he'll do that hair. You know, I'll see him one day. He'll just have it part to the side like he normally would. You know, yeah. more like Peter Parker. <laughs> you know? And then he'll just do that thing in the front, and I just go, it's got a life of its own. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, spooky good, but. Uh, yeah, you know, and sometimes it just saves you the time going, well, I want to do Tom Baker. I just don't know if I can grow it out enough this summer. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what? 
get the wig. Get the yeah, wig. If you're not Tom Baker, you probably can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get the wig. Get the wig. Get the wig. Go ahead. You know, yeah, and and even even some things like uh, sideburns, mm. lace sideburns. Uh, look for the brigadier. I don't grow a mustache. Guess what? Neither did he. You know. Uh, <laughs> Things like that, you know. I mean, I actually took pride in taking a, you know, a uh, a, a basic lace uh, mustache and putting it on crooked because. <laughs> and sometimes I, I'm not in the habit of putting makeup on crooked, but you know, the brigadiers is always inevitably a little off. You know? <laughs> so I had to actually kind of just kind of slap it on, <laughs> and sometimes I go, "Damn, it's still too straight." <laughs> yeah. But, no, and, and remembering to take off your glasses for a character or keep them on if the character needs them. I've, I've seen simple mistakes like that. Where okay, I wear glasses from... Uh, I'll wear contacts sometimes. Other times relief, to relieve my eyes, I'll wear, you know, glasses. And I'll never forget the first time I was doing Kirk. We walked all the way over to this poolside to go see a buddy of mine to show him in the costumes. And mm -hmm. I was sitting there walking with the entire crew. Not one person in the crew told me I was still wearing my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and my buddy's sitting over out in the you know in the pool chair going, Hey, crew looks great. So you're going to be wearing those glasses, Scott? <laughs> and I'm looking at all the rest of them going, You man, yeah, thank you. I'm Kirk in that one episode where he was reading a book and had his reading glasses. Beginning of Star Trek Two, baby. <laughs> That's what it was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but essentially, I, I just say, shop carefully online. Uh, there's a lot of great links in my breakdowns for, for wig places. Just search for a wig shop near you. Walk there's, in with yeah. your reference material and uh, find your best match. And more than likely, it'll need a little styling or cutting, and you'll just you'll have it. Well, that's the other thing. A lot of people don't realize that you can get wigs cut in style. If you go to an actual mm. wig store, and it doesn't have to be an expensive wig, they, no. you know, they, they, you know, they may be able to charge you a small fee, just like when you get your hair cut, but they mm -hmm. can be cut in style. Mm -hmm. It yeah. can't necessarily always be dyed unless it's human hair, but if synthetics come in so many colors, just find one that's in the right color, and if yeah. you talk to the people at the wig store, they might can work with you to get it just right. Especially for those cool 60s do's. Oh, yeah. Right. Spray and stuff yeah. like right. that. You know, you don't want to attempt trying to make those do's on your own. Well, plus, no. most, <laughs> most of those period do's in the 60s and the 50s, a lot of them, the ladies were wearing some form of an additional hairpiece to help make that sure. look. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. You know, there's only so much you can do. Um, so I promise we'll have a, a, a dedicated podcast to wigs and sources for that, and of course makeup. Um, but for the purposes of priming, let's wrap things up with the all-important question, cosplay or costuming? Okay, I'll start this one. What the heck? Um, look, everybody's going to have their own belief and their own belief systems and their own preferences and their own labels. Um... I'm only going to speak for myself, because that's all I can speak for. Um, I think in any kind of hobby or passion or, or fun, key word for me is a fun-oriented type thing, I don't think there's really room to be exclusionist in any of it. The term cosplay, it's been around now at least long enough that it's become part of a pop culture or uh, type of uh, catch-all type of word for, oh, those people are in costume, and it's not Halloween, <laughs> and we're not at some fancy dress party, you know? So, 
so the basic term that you know people hey I heard this on the radio or or in the newspaper or on MTV or on G4 or something it's cosplay that's what they're gonna call it now for those who've been doing this well before there was the term cosplay um, and not doing it in some people say it's very rooted in the anime world and they never did anime this person never did anime and they do stuff you know well before this term was ever being thrown around take I understand some folks take an exception to being referred to as a cosplayer well what I don't do you know sometimes they also think that maybe it cheapens what they do and I think there's some very high-end cosplay out there um, but it's it's a word that I think is going to stick. It's there. Just as much as if someone goes, oh, you're some kind of Trekkie. Uh, no, I'm a Trekker. <laughs> you know, uh, okay, look, you got ears and you're doing the Vulcan sign. All I know from my world is uh, you're a Trekkie, right? You own know. it. Own you it, Trekkies. Just own, you know, own it, just, you know, embrace it, love it, whatever. You know, if there's that group of the wackos over there or something of any fandom, and we all have them. Yeah, they're always <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, you know. Um, it's just, I, I, quite honestly, I find it, like I said, personally, I find it rude if somebody go, you know, or I would find it rude in myself if someone goes like, oh, so you're cosplaying? Uh, excuse me, what I'm doing is not cosplay. <laughs> I'm a costumer, <laughs> you know? Uh, for me, it's like, look, you know, if you're digging what I'm doing and you happen to say, so how long have you been cosplaying is this type of thing? I don't take insult to it. Mm-hmm. Um... You know, I don't necessarily I don't necessarily call myself a cosplayer per se. But then again, I don't go walking around saying oh, I'm a costumer as well. I'm just a guy that you know goes out and has fun. You know, and it just happens to include sometimes wearing a cape, sometimes wearing a toupee, <laughs> and sometimes wearing seven layers of clothes in July. <laughs> and it's all perfectly healthy and normal. <laughs> and I'm married to Xena, Batgirl, Wonder Woman, Catwoman. You know, it's pretty crowded. Hey, <laughs> you know, I love it. <laughs> yeah, dude, I I 100% agree. Like, I I used to kind of get like a little touch here in the cosplay term because it was like it felt like it had like a lot of connotations with anime, and then also a lot of connotations with kind of like the the belief that you are the character as well. But I, at the end of the day, yeah, I completely agree with you. Like, it's really just about, like, having fun. I'm, like, going out and, like, I like to go out and dress up as Doctor Who and go and have fun with my friends. Like, this is, you know, this is what we do. It's, it's you know, whatever you call it, like, it doesn't necessarily matter. I guess we call it dress up. We could call it dress up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fancy dress. Uh, Doctor dress up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, no, I, I would generally agree with that. I mean, the term has been around roughly far as I'm aware, uh, maybe about a decade or so, and I know it did come out of the anime circle, and when I first heard it, I was a little dismissive of it, but it's the same way I'm dismissive of, like, a slang term that, you know, is, like, what people are, I remember, okay, a slang term in high school, didn't last very long, by the way, was, that's fresh. <laughs> and I, I, it lasted maybe about a year in my school, and I remember just digging my heels and going, I refuse to say that I'm sticking to that's cool, because cool, guess what? Still cool. Hey, don't have a cow, Bob. <laughs> Not cool. Not, Not cool. cool. Not, Not cool, cool, guys. Not cool. Yeah. Um, oh, the, the in jokes. So, well, you know, the, the truth of the matter is, is I would go with cosplay, but I'd be thinking of costuming. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I think that's the bottom line. Is I've learned to just, uh, you know, as you say, you just gone. You know what? This is the term. 
it's actually not all that offensive. I've learned to deal with it, yeah. and that's what people I, I, call I, I, it. Like I said, for me, and like I said, because because everybody's experience is their own, and uh, like I said, for me, I like to keep it fun. Uh, I don't go in with an agenda, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't, um, you know, like I said, I, I, I laid back and groovy and fun. That's that's all I going to put it. You sound like a man who really knows where his towel is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I know what I. But is it an accurate towel? <laughs> Here's what I was trying to say. You, you know, the thing is that for me personally, you know, it's fun. Uh, I don't like to go walking in with some kind of agenda or be competitive or anything like that, and that's, I guess, fine. But I just don't want to get over. I just don't see myself getting overly precious about these certain aspects about it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and to me, like I said, labeling myself as one thing or the other, it, it's it's not going to stop what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Sure, you know, it's not going to make me change what I'm doing. But I'm cosplaying technically now. Well, I kind of have to change the way I do things, yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> Just because you happen to fall into what a current terminology is doesn't mean you should stop doing it. I mean, what, what were right. you talking about before about the goth thing? Oh, uh, well, yeah, I was I was goth long before goth was goth back when it was just weird. Were you goth playing or gothing? <laughs> no, I was just weird. <laughs> just saying, you yeah. know, the, the black fingernails and stuff and the whole school stops and looks at you like... But years later, they called it goth. You go, oh, you were goth. She goes, no, I was no, just I weird. No, I was just weird. <laughs> we, it's okay. You want to call me goth? I could be. We didn't yes. have a word for it. You there know, there was no word for it back then. You know, back when I would put the paper bag with the, you know, the construction paper ears and, and you know, and towel for cape and running the front yard. Oh yeah. My folks didn't call that cosplay. They said, <laughs> Scott, stop cosplaying in the house. <laughs> no, yeah, no, 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 it was, you know, that that was therapy. it's true it's true yeah yeah well you know we were just ahead of the curve what can you say (laughs) and so is any kid who buys his costume in a bag or puts a towel around his neck or cuts a paper bag into a cowl or yeah their skin blue Oh boy. That's another story. It's another story for another time. Uh, on that note, I think uh, it's good to wrap this up. So, uh, any final thoughts? Uh, thank you very much for having us on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Stay cool and be groovy. You know, I got nothing. <laughs> 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 I'll show you something. <laughs> well, uh, no matter where you go, there you are. Uh, but thank you, uh, everyone, and uh, we'll be back next week with more costume shop talk on Costume Station Zero. 